The word diet has almost always been linked with restricting or limiting foods that most of the times prevent people from reaching their health goals. Short-time solutions call for short-time efforts, and that's why diet culture has shown us for the past years. In this episode, Bella teaches us about a different approach. Bella is a nutritional therapist with a special interest in the role of hormones, metabolism, gut health, and dietary choices. She explains that what really matters is eating nourishing foods and keeping your metabolism healthy. Bella focuses on helping women to understand the root cause of their health issues and how to address them by reverse dieting and optimizing their metabolism. Hello, Bella. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I was introducing you, um, but I think that you maybe will do a better job <laughs> at explaining what you do, exactly what your practice is and who you are a little bit. So um, it's nice to meet you, by the way. My name is Amanda. <laughs> Hello, Amanda. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so my name is Bella. I'm a naturopathic nutritionist. And these days I sort of specialize in metabolic health. Um, I do a lot in women's health, so dealing with hormonal issues. And I work a lot with women who have sort of um, a history of restricted eating or diets like veganism or keto or just generally like low calorie dieting and then have found, you know, the sort of after effects of that, like years later, it doesn't work anymore. They've got all these issues um, and they're trying to sort of rebuild their metabolic health in order to, you know, get relief from those symptoms finally once and for all. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Well, I actually found you because I'm experiencing this, something kind of similar. I'm like in the process of understanding if I have a thyroid, uh, hyperthyroidism. Um, but right now the doctors, all they can say is like, we don't know. We don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. And of course they're constantly saying, let's put you in a pill. And I'm like, I'd rather not until I know 100% sure what it is, of course. Um, and that's what I found your account and I felt super related to everything that you're sharing, to everything that you're putting out there to that community. So first of all, thank you for that. <laughs> everything is really interesting. And, and um, I wanted to dive into the three different sections. Um, so metabolism, then bioindividuality and how that it's uh, different for each of us. And mm -hmm. then talk about a little bit about the diet, the diet culture that you were mentioning now. Uh, so maybe if you can explain a little bit as a general, um, what is the metabolism? Sure. <laughs> so kind of simply put, your metabolism is sort of uh, everything that's happening, you know, within your cells to, to maintain life. So really it's how your cells take in fuel, use that fuel, and then um, sort of excrete them and deal with waste products afterwards. So it's kind of that, um, that constant balance of in and out. And then obviously it's that process which maintains all life and then has a ripple effect to to sort of um, take a toll on everything else all the other systems in your body so that's why metabolism is so important and improving your metabolic health as a whole can have such a positive effect on so many other areas because mm -hmm. it really does down to to your metabolism you know to how you're taking in fuel how you're using it and um, mm -hmm. that's often where people go wrong and see issues is when that kind of starts to malfunction a little right. bit um, but yeah on, in kind of more simple terms I suppose <laughs> your your metabolism is um 
it's going to have a lot to do with um, certain hormones. And this is why I talk about thyroid health a lot, because the thyroid is sort of like the hub of your metabolism in that it controls your metabolic rate um, and so many other things. So if you are dealing with a sluggish metabolism, you kind of by default have a slightly sluggish thyroid as well. And your story is super relatable for a lot of people because it can be quite um, difficult to diagnose thyroid issues. And it, it seems kind of like straightforward when you go to the doctor, they just do a blood test, say, yes, you do or yes, you don't. But you can be, you know, hypothyroid at so many different um, points of the line um, rather mm -hmm. than just, you know, like the TSH that they're testing. Um, mm -hmm. There are sort of other aspects of your metabolism that play into that, which is why so many people kind of don't have that diagnosis, but are like, mm, I'm tired all the time. I'm not using fuel. Right. Right use etc so right um, and that's something yeah, into that mm -hmm. yeah and that's something that uh, was very difficult when they were explaining like oh these are kind of the side effects that you might be seeing within yourself and i'm like but that's mostly emotional right and i saw that that's something that you talk a lot about in your in your page that how the relationship between the your metabolic health and your mental health well the, the gut brain axis how they're extremely related so i would really appreciate if you could explain maybe to people who are uh joining now or the, that are part of our community what the relationship between our gut health and our mental health is mm. yeah so uh gut health is obviously a huge one and a lot of that has to do with your uh, microbiome so um there's so many things in our environment now that are sort of toxic to gut health and we're sort of wiping out our good bacteria we're all um ending up with sort of a surplus of maybe pathogenic or bad bacteria. Um, and again, a lot of that comes down to your metabolic rate because when your metabolism is a little bit slow, um, you don't, you know, you don't have the defenses to keep on top of um, that kind of immune response of keeping out bad bacteria as much. And you don't have um, kind of the main principles down like the stomach acid, enzyme activity, et cetera, in order mm -hmm. to, you know, in a healthy person would keep those at bay. So there's a lot of people dealing with bacterial overgrowth, um, SIBO, all those kinds of issues. Um, and they have um, a really important effect on your mental health, um, you know, especially in regards to things like low mood, anxiety, um, even sort of like OCD-like behaviors. Um, but another element of metabolism that's really important for that is sort of the whole blood sugar picture and blood sugar balance. Um, you know, yeah. they even find in sort of people who have more uh, mental disorders, and there is a much higher rate within those people who have, um, you know, sort of metabolic syndrome, raised blood sugar, high insulin, that sort of thing. Um, mm. So if your blood is dysregulated which I, I see so many people struggle with without even realizing um you know that does also really impact meta, um sort of mental health issues a lot so you are going to be more prone to feeling anxious to feeling depressed um to feeling sort of like a little bit unstable um yeah. and you wouldn't even realize that that was anything to do with what you're eating or how you're eating but uh, I definitely see it happen a lot yeah Yeah, that's uh, something that when it comes to what people suggest or when people talk about diets, right, and we'll get into diets afterwards, but a lot of times people keep suggesting like, oh, you should do this, you should do that. But then we don't really take into consideration that each of us is like an individual person, right? And with that, mm -hmm. I, I would like to maybe dive into the topic of bioindividuality. And this is something that I personally very recently discovered what the, the meaning was. 
Um, so if you can explain to us what, what exactly is um, the term or the meaning of the term bioindividuality. Yeah, so bioindividuality is sort of just the concept that everybody's body is a little bit different, therefore everybody's needs are a little bit different and you should sort of uh, make a protocol that um, takes that into account really. Um, my kind of approach to bioindividuality is that yes we're all human right we're all born sort of with the same um the same body the same body parts it's not that um each person's cells work like differently or have different needs but i think where bioindividuality comes in is sort of what's happened to you since right so we were all born with the same thing but because everyone's had such a different experience in life they've all gone through different things with their health and everything else that's affected um, their body, their needs are now slightly different. They now have a different need sort of chemically than somebody else who didn't go through that does, uh, you know? And we all kind mm -hmm. of like little weaknesses as we go through life, you know, depending on what we've been through, um, what we've been eating, what our health profile looks like. And so that's what makes our needs a little bit different from the next person because they... Yeah have been dealing with something completely different and therefore they're going to tolerate certain things differently than, than you will, for example. Right. And then, so what you're saying, basically we're all born with the same organs, right? And everything. So what exactly is different than our metabolism, our genetics, our kind of the effort we put into the working out and stuff or, or what else is, am I missing anything? All of the above really. I mean, a lot, it's going to depend on, on genetics to a degree. Um, but I think um, you still want to like pull the lifestyle triggers, right? Even if you're genetically predisposed to something. So it's mm -hmm. kind of with genetically and then what you've done since then, that's kind of like triggered different things. So that will come down to sort of how, how we've lived, what sort of foods you grew up on, you know, mm -hmm. how um, all those kinds of things. Okay. So yeah, you might, just because you're like born predisposed to something you could have made really good lifestyle and dietary choices like your whole life um, mm -hmm. and might be absolutely fine whereas somebody else might have been born healthy but they've made a series of less than optimal decisions and then they've yeah their health has sort of adapted accordingly right is there is there like one big tip that you would give everyone like let's say um sugar like sugar is definitely bad for everyone or refined sugar if you if you will is there any other one tip that you think does apply to everyone equally um i think definitely what i um sort of this is started to talk about on blood sugar i think everybody can benefit from balancing their blood sugar better um and probably increasing protein kind of comes under that umbrella but I've seen people make, myself included, like huge differences in their diet just from actually eating enough protein, which nobody really does these days. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I think it's something that um, they usually give you like a certain amount of grams per kilos, right? Or something like that. They, they tell you like, oh, you should be this amount of, of, uh, of yeah. protein grams uh, or this amount of, of weight or per kilo or whatever. But do they actually take into consideration uh, the amount of workout that you do or or whether your job is a standing job or a sitting job or is this like a very generic thing that it would be better to go to a specialist and like they help you out as to what would be better for your amount of protein? Yeah, so I think that sort of um, 
a gram per pound of body weight is kind of a good starting point because most people don't even hit that to be honest um but obviously you do need to take into account if you are working out especially like if you're doing a lot of strength training and stuff you probably will need more than that um if you are very stressed if you have blood sugar issues um or some sort of medical condition you might do better with more protein as well so it's kind of like between one to two grams of protein per pound of body weight um but where exactly that is is going to depend on you personally and sort of what you're doing and what you're dealing with right okay yeah perfect interesting <laughs> um the other thing going back to the topic you, you mentioned a bit earlier um the good and the bad bacteria can you explain kind of the difference between the good and the bad bacteria how does this affect bloating issues ibs i know it's a huge topic but yeah <laughs> yeah um kind of different difficult to to talk on it all but um i think i think a lot of this um is is a problem for people especially in who are trying to eat better because a lot of the sort of um modern advice for this necessarily doesn't help so obviously we need to eat a certain amount of certain types of foods like probiotic foods in order to feed good bacteria uh however if you have problems with bacterial overgrowth or um bacteria related issues then a lot of those foods that they're telling you to eat more of like salads greens more fiber um and if you have ibs or anything generally that advice um is no good for those types of people because um those bacteria they do feed on like starchy foods and on fiber because they're a prebiotic right they're feeding bacteria yeah they're feeding the good stuff but they're also feeding the bad stuff so if you're dealing with a lot of stomach issues or ibs related issues that advice can actually do more harm than good because you're going to be dealing with a load of bloating and maybe an increase in those symptoms because you're like piling in all these foods because you're like it's good for right. me yeah but you know this is where it's kind of situational because you know everybody's gut health is in a bit of a different state and if you're yeah. your digestion uh, actually avoiding those sorts of foods that they're saying yeah that will feed you good bacteria can actually mm -hmm. for that person so it is quite um, a complicated topic um also a lot of it does come down to sort of thyroid health as i was talking about before because you know people do all sorts of like cleanses and detoxes and things and they'll like pile in probiotics because they're like yeah i'm trying to like sort out my gut bacteria um but the thing is you'll just end up doing that constantly like on a repeat yeah. cycle you don't fix the issue higher up you know which for a mm -hmm. lot of people like SIBO and things like that is going to be a, a thyroid issue because yeah. low metabolic rate is what's causing food to be in the digestive tract for too long and therefore starts fermenting feeding all that bacteria and kind of going along with that cycle so um i mm. think some people do need to do like a little cleanse or something if they're dealing with like very bad bacterial overgrowth but just not to forget that there is obviously a higher up metabolic issue coming with that that you need to kind of address if you're gonna want to find a long-term solution to those sorts of gut issues because that's why you see people who generally have gut issues are always like looking for a cure for that right you you very seldom see people who've actually been like yeah i'm fine now they're always doing some sort of cleanse you know seasonally i find mm -hmm. yeah yeah or, or jumping from the one diet to another right and that's something that i i saw that you also mentioned it in, in many of your of your instagram posts and stories and, and everything um that you have tried the keto diet and you have tried the vegan diet right i myself have also can also relate to that i've tried maybe five or six different types of diets 
throughout my lifetime and nothing has worked because I think it was mostly because we put so much stress on ourselves and we put so much stress on focusing on like the calories or the macros or uh, this or that instead of focusing on eating whole foods and like organic products mm -hmm. or just in general good foods that yeah. are not profit yeah. etc you know so um most people think they need to like cut something out you know when they're trying a new diet it's always maybe yeah. like this or maybe if i cut these out when what a lot of people don't realize is that it's actually probably adding in more nutritious foods that's going right. to you more than going on a diet that's telling you to restrict something and that's where we tend to go wrong in diet culture i think yeah and i wanted to for you to explain maybe a little bit about what was your experience with the diet culture mm -hmm. so um my story was mostly like um a plant-based one so i i grew up mostly vegetarian i went fully vegetarian when i was 10 um and then i just went kind of like more and more plant-based and vegan from there so um i was pretty much vegan most of my life like thus far um but all my issues kind of got worse i developed a lot of health issues throughout that time and i was constantly trying to make my diet like cleaner and cleaner you know everyone's like you need to cleanse you need to detox you need to like as if you could like cleanse your way back to health um mm -hmm. i had like you know a picture perfect healthy plant-based diet which most people are like pushing in the mainstream media now as like optimal um but it never it never dealt with any of my symptoms for me it never improved anything for me and i was just mm -hmm. it was just getting worse and worse and worse until eventually i was like what is the only thing i haven't tried at this point which is actually adding in all those foods that they tell you are bad for you adding in meat adding in dairy adding in animal products um and that's when I started to learn about um, nourishment, sort of eating for your metabolism and for metabolic health, the sort of pro-metabolic approach, um, which uh, I think spoke to me because it was really focused on just adding things in and like correcting nutritional deficiencies and really like nourishing the body rather than, mm -hmm. oh, you need to cut this out, you need to cut this out. You know, it was the only thing I'd probably ever done in my life that wasn't restrictive in any way. Um, so I think even from the get-go, a lot of people feel so much better for that because, like you said, a lot of it does come down to stress and mm -hmm. kind of have that, like, healing process where you're like, we're not going to restrict anything anymore, you can eat whatever you want, and we're just going to focus on adding in more nourishing foods as kind of like a, a starting point. I think that's a really important step for a lot of people, you know, to start to heal. Right. And how did that affect your, your metabolism once you started? Did you include everything uh, at once or were you like slowly integrating? The I no. I started um, introducing like dairy products and fish, I think, first. And I had planned to go quite slowly with that. I was like, I'm going to buy any best, I'm going to do it really gradually. But what I found was that once I started eating it, my body was just like, oh my gosh, where has this been all my life? And I just started to crave it like all the time. So I kind of, I kind of had like maybe like a two week stint where I was just like eating ridiculous amounts of like dairy and cheese and anything I get my hands on really, um, which probably wasn't the best approach. But I think that goes to show when you like need a nutrient and your body's like, yes, give me more of that. So I just kind of went with it. Yeah. Um, and then I started to add in um, 
sort of meat and more animal products. But I did have to do some work on my stomach acids before doing that because um, vegan diets are quite notorious for diminishing stomach acid levels because uh, of the lack of bioavailable protein. So um, I was doing like work alongside that to sort of work on my gut health and my stomach acid to make sure I could actually break down those foods, um, which I need a little bit of support with to begin with until I started to naturally build that up again. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of just been, been a journey ever since to just start adding in more nutrient-dense foods I wouldn't have had before, like, um, you know, more of the organ meats, like beef liver and seafood, oysters, all those kinds of things I would never have really considered before, but mm -hmm. um, difference, you know, with their nutrient density, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. I mean, that, that honestly were, were all the questions that I had. I don't know if you want to dive deeper into any topic, maybe that the thyroid disease that I think you're you focus a lot more on that right yeah I mean uh, I used to have uh, thyroid issues so that's kind of um, another reason why I like to talk about it because I can relate but um, yeah a few years after I went vegetarian I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's which is an autoimmune hyperthyroid so part of my kind of healing journey that I'd always been looking for was really kind of diving into that and being like why has this happened how can i like improve on this um, and that's when i kind of learned the connection between the metabolism and the thyroid and why that was so um important um mm -hmm. and then you realize why kind of so many women now have thyroid issues because you know everybody's on some sort of restrictive diet <laughs> you know and your thyroid yeah. it really needs a lot of bioavailable protein it really needs um, good sources of carbohydrates. It really needs like a lot of um, specific uh, nutrients. So, um, and and people just aren't getting those now. So, um, yeah, the other thing I like to talk talk about is the whole sort of reverse dieting thing. You've probably seen me touch on about that, but I think another one of the reasons why so many women are struggling is because they're not eating enough because the sort of standard mm -hmm. advice, particularly if you want to lose some weight, is a whole sort of, move more eat less thing but women are already eating like not enough <laughs> to maintain mm -hmm. a healthy cycle and optimal thyroid health optimal progesterone production so um that process of reverse dieting where you're sort of gradually um increasing your food intake uh, which in turn is going to increase your metabolic rate is a really important process um, okay. that a lot of need to go through in order to improve their metabolism right um, so that, that's sorry that's what you mean by by um reverse dieting that's what it means then to reintroduce certain foods it's um, gradually increasing back up to your maintenance level okay um, okay so that that's something you do in your practice right mm-hmm perfect it's, um a guide coming out on that soon it's in my um sort of metabolic fat loss guide as touched on you know how to sort of because a lot of people need to go back up to maintenance and actually eat more calories first to improve their metabolism before they can start attempting to lose fat because their metabolism is in such a bad state at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. Also just encouraging people once they have lost a bit of weight that you know the goal always should be to increase those calories back up to maintenance um, for optimal health like because too many people yeah. just stay at a very low calorie diet like all the time and that's why we sort of run into to problems with our metabolism so yeah yeah Who, what type of what type of women are you helping currently to with this reverse dieting is it something that applies to everyone 
um, reverse dieting or is it something that, for example, for people who are actually trying to lose uh, fat mass or something like that, um, do you also do reverse dieting but changing a little bit the macros or? Yeah, so again, that kind of depends on the goal. I think it's something that uh, a lot of people can benefit from, you know, as I said with, you know, it, in a lot of women who have metabolic issues, it's because they've they've been through years of like uh, restrictive dieting and whatnot, and they're not eating enough, and then they start gaining weight because their metabolisms become so sluggish, but they're like hardly eating anything, right? So those are the sort of women that need to gradually increase their calories to get their metabolism back to a healthy working state um, before <laughs> attempt to go on a fat loss phase. Because if you're already eating very little and then and then you cut your calories you're just really like burning yourself into the ground. You're never going to get sustainable results from that. So some people do need to go through that process, but okay. some people, you know, not even from a weight loss perspective need to do that just for health. You know, their hormones are, are in the dump. They're having awful periods every month. You know, they're not where they want to be. So, um, and they're surviving on so little calories. So they need to just, you know, again, increase that because increasing your calories is basically how you increase your metabolic rate um, you know, improving your thyroid health and whatnot. And, and so that's a process that a lot of women need to go through in order to improve their metabolic health, even if, you know, they have no want or desire to lose weight or anything like that. Um, you know, we all need calories to survive and to live optimally. <laughs> um, right. But a lot of people just don't have a very good relationship, you know, with them. Perfect. Well, those were all my questions for today. So thank you so much for the call. I don't know if you want to uh, tell us where we can find you in case anybody wants to reach out to you in your practice. Yeah. So um, I'm just most active on Instagram, really. So you can send me a message. Uh, I have on Instagram. It's Bella underscore nutrition. I'm sure it'll be linked on here. <laughs> um, yeah, you can send me a message on Instagram or join me there. I talk about this sort of stuff all the time really so um yeah i also have a recipe ebook um which you can get through my bio on there and as i said i'm going to be bringing out my uh pro-metabolic fat loss guide which is, talks about um you know if you're wanting to lose weight or you're wanting to go through the reverse diet process i kind of touched on like hormones and everything like that in there as well it's becoming a bit comprehensive but um that's coming out soon as well so yeah just find me over on instagram i suppose Wonderful. Thank you so much, Bella, for everything. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was nice to chat to you. Bye. Bye, man.